Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, thank you oh so much for the many, many blessings you've poured upon us all throughout this day. Now the awesome opportunity once again to get back in your word. We truly thank you for it. And be with us now as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Continuing our Bible study from A to Z, beginning a study here on the word knowledge. And knowledge is the accumulation of information. You have information that could be assumed. You can have information that's going to be correct or truthful. And you can have information that's going to be a lie. As we get through the studies here, we'll see examples of various types of knowledge and the acquisition of information. And the source, occasionally, we'll see that as well. Well, let's get right into it here with the first mention of the word knowledge in the Word of God, which is found in Genesis chapter 2. Get right in here from the beginning. It reads, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's where we see the first mention of the word knowledge, a tree of knowledge, as it continues. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. The name of the first is Pison, that is, it which compasseth the whole land of Hevelah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. There is Bedellion and the onyx stone. And the name of the second river is Gehan. The same is it that compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third river is Hedekal, that is it which goeth toward the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Notice, he took the man and put him in the garden to dress it and keep it. Therefore, Adam had to have a certain amount of knowledge given him at his creation. 
When the Lord breathed into him and made him a living soul, he also instilled in him knowledge of how things worked, how things functioned, how things grew, how to be a tiller of the soil. And as it continues, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. So here is a communication from God to the man, commanded him, so communicated. So he had to give him also the knowledge of communication, a language. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And he gave him instructions. This particular tree over there, the knowledge of good and evil, do not eat of it. That lest thou should surely die, surely die. Let's hear a moment to talk about life and death. The life that the Lord breathed into man in verse 7 was that spiritual life as well as the physical life. No other creature does he mention that he breathes that life into them, that breath, that inspire the inspiration of God, given him, actually, the living soul and the spirit. So when Adam and Eve were created, they were created in the image of God. Like it says back over in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them, in the image. So we know God is a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Mankind is a trinity, body, soul, and spirit. We come into this world spiritually dead because of what we're going to read about here shortly, the fall of man and the death that he's speaking of there, thou shalt surely die, that occurred, passed on to all the generations since. So when we see that reference to dying, he's not talking about just a physical death, but the spiritual death that will instantly happen when he defies God, as it continues. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them in unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Now these are events that are taking place on the sixth day, because we know he created Adam and Eve and these all these land animals that he would be speaking of here on the sixth day. As it continues, and Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found an helpmeet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is bone, now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. 
the sixth day of creation, he created Adam and Eve and all those land animals. And, and he gave him that specific instruction not to eat of the tree of knowledge that was found in the garden. The knowledge of good and evil. In that sense, we understand that that information that would be acquired if he was to eat of that. Now, the serpent being used and indwelt by Satan comes in to try to mess things up for Adam and Eve, as we see the reference in Genesis chapter 3. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And a woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doeth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. That knowledge, that knowing of good and evil. See, we can acquire information, but not really know it until we have something to connect it to, an experience or a feeling such as you do not know what it feels like to touch a hot stove. You can hear about it. You can witness it amongst others. But until you yourself reach out and touch that hot stove and feel that pain that comes from that, you do not truly know it. And that's what was available in denying God was to know and understand what it feels like to be defiant, to be a sinner. And that was the knowledge to truly know what it was to be evil. As we get back into it here, verse 5 again, For God doeth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when a woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. So why were they now naked? Because now they lost the covering of righteousness that was shed off of them and they became unrighteous because they denied God. They denied a simple instruction showing their rebellion and their defiance to Him. And the eyes of them both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? This was a test. Would he come forward? 
Would he acknowledge where he was? The Lord knew exactly where he was. But he asked, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? That was the opportunity there that he had to confess his sins, to admit that he had done wrong. But he did not take the blame and accept responsibility. What did he do? And a man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. So automatically he blames somebody else, and he even blames God. He says, The woman that thou gavest to me, if we're saying that wasn't my fault, she told me to do it, and you gave her to me, so it's your fault, which was a terrible thing to do. As it continues in verse 13, And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? That was the opportunity for her to confess what she had done and ask for forgiveness, but what did she do? She blames somebody else as well. And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. The devil made me do it, in other words. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field, upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Notice, no opportunity for the serpent to have confession, to ask for forgiveness. He didn't ask the serpent what he had done. He knew what he had done. And he was an animal, even though he was indwelt by Satan, he yielded to that. So he was cursed for that. And speaking directly to Satan as well, because that's when Satan fell. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Addressed directly to Satan. Once known as Lucifer, the bright and morning star, the beautiful star that we see in the sky was named after Lucifer. But yet, no opportunity for forgiveness. He fell. He lost his title, now being called the deceiver, being called the son of perdition, being called the devil, being called Satan. As it continues, And to the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conceptions. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth unto thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also, and 
to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. Notice, coats of skins. So something had to die to cover their sins. It's believed that this was a lamb, possibly two, that had to die. But a lamb dying, representing the future of them, the future of mankind, all the way to the point of the death of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And the Lord God said, Behold, a man has become as one of us, knowing good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Cast out of the garden because they defied God, because they acquired the knowledge of defiance, became aware of defiance, became aware of sin because they became participants thereof of sin. Not the kind of knowledge you want to have. But they acquired it, and it cost them. All right, now turn over to Genesis chapter 6. And here we see the account of the great flood and the responsibility given to Noah, as well as the skills and knowledge of being able to build the ark and the knowledge of the coming judgment upon the planet given to Noah. And we see how Noah uses this and builds the ark and does exactly what he's instructed to do. And we'll pick it up in Genesis chapter 6 in verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So we see this imagination of their thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Mankind, that's what they had become. So they had gotten so involved in and participants in so many evil things that they could imagine even more evil and it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So there were some people that were following the guidance the teachings of the Lord. At this time, we see that Noah was doing such and that he had a knowledge of a relationship with God to the point where God was communicating directly to Noah as we see this continue. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man, and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. 
And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. The knowledge being given to Noah. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in it, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. An interesting side note here, pitch would have been used from the sap of trees. The sticky sap from trees, you boil it down, you make it, you can have something that can actually seal out water. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it. Giving him the information right here. Giving him the knowledge to be able to build a vessel that will hold all that it needs to and survive the storms of the raging flood. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower second and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth, to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from under heaven. And everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come to the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee, and every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort, shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female, of fowls after their kind, and of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind, two of every sort, shall come unto thee to keep them alive. And take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. So we did exactly what he was told to do. Given the knowledge and understanding of what was going to happen, and the abilities and skills given to him directly from the Lord to be able to build such a ship, and to be able to tend to the animals. Animals that he had never interacted with before would be coming to him. But the Lord gave him that understanding, that knowledge, a gift from God. That's what we can see all through the scriptures, how the Lord can give someone a knowledge to do something that they have no experience in, no training in, no way of having that ability other than it being given them by God. And that's what we see with Noah and his family. Let's read a little further in this. Into chapter 7. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Of every clean beast thou shalt take of thee by sevens, the male and his female, and of 
beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female. So we see here that Adam had knowledge of what was considered clean and what was considered unclean to the Lord. Fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the female, to keep seed alive upon the face of all the earth by sevens. So that means there would have been 14 of each one of these that he's mentioning here because it says by sevens, male and female. Typically, we just think of two of each kind coming in, but here we see 14 of each of these particular kinds that he mentioned that were clean. As it continues, For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth, forty days and forty nights, and every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. Now, we have no record of it ever raining prior to this. So now Noah is hearing going to rain? Well, what's rain? And then when he's telling others out there, come on in, it's going to rain, there's going to be a flood, they're all laughing at him like, what is rain? They don't know what rain is. Because that mist that came up that we read about earlier to water everything. Because they still had the firmament. Still had that greenhouse effect going on where they were shielded from the harmful rays of the sun by those ice crystals and water vapors up in the sky, which created the firmament, the big bubble, you might say, around the entire planet, which protected it, and was all this water up in there. The Lord is going to open up and dump upon the planet. As it continues, And Noah did according unto all that the Lord God commanded him. And Noah was six hundred years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. And Noah went in and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood. He came on in and he brought all those beasts in with him. As he continues, of clean beasts and of beasts that are not clean and of fowls and of everything that creepeth upon the earth. There, there went in two and two unto Noah into the ark, the male and the female, as God had commanded Noah. And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were upon the earth in the six hundredth year of Noah's life. In the second month, the seventeenth day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened, and the rain was upon the earth forty days and forty nights. In the selfsame day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife and the three wives of, of his sons with them into the ark. So eight people took that opportunity of salvation and entered into the ark. They and every beast after his kind, and all the cattle after their kind, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and every fowl after his kind, every bird of every sort, and they went in unto Noah into the ark. Two and two of all flesh wherein is the breath of life. And they that went in went in male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. The Lord closed that door. Seven days open, available for others to come in. More of his friends, family, associates, 
maybe even assistance that helped with supplies and so forth. But yet, they just laughed it off. Now nah, we don't believe you. Rain, what is rain? We don't know about that. But they found out. They didn't believe. Didn't take that opportunity of salvation. Verse 17, And the flood was forty days upon the earth, and the waters increased and bare up the ark, and it was lift up above the earth. And the waters prevailed and were increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark went upon the face of the waters. And everything was drowned. Everything that breathed air died that was on the planet. All the fowls of the air, the creeping beast, everything that was on the land, all the land animals, they were on that ark for about a year before they were able to come off of that. So that was long enough for everything to die and for the Lord to reshape the entire planet. He opened up those fountains of the deep and that water gushed up out of there as well as letting all the rain and all the ice crystals and all the moisture that was in the firmament all come down that 40 days raining upon the earth to totally reshape the entire planet. We can see the scars of it. We can see the evidence of it all throughout the entire planet. The billions of dead things buried in rock layers laid down by water all over the planet, like Buddy Davis sings about. All judgment. And given all this knowledge to Noah and his family to be prepared for such an event, the Lord has given us knowledge to be prepared for the next great judgment upon this planet. Let's take heed of that knowledge and use it properly. It's there. It's available. He's recorded it for us. Let's take the time to study it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank you for the examples of the acquisition of knowledge that you give us, the knowledge that you can give us to be prepared for what's next. Help us all have that knowledge. Encourage us to use it properly and share it with others. Thank you oh so much as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.